This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening. You are with Lee Chui Lin and Shamila Ganesan. Tonight, we're talking about one of our favourite subjects, language. So this comes as concerned parents are asking for the expansion of the dual language programs in Malaysian schools. Which brings us, of course, back to that question of language of learning. So we want to know what your experiences have been. Essentially, what is your first language? And broadly, how does language affect the way you learn? That number to call, 7733-2900. You can tweet us at BFM Radio and send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our U-Mobile number, 018-789-8899. This is Inside Story. It is 6.08. So let's start with the news. Um, PAGE, that is the Parent Action Group for Education Malaysia, has called for the Education Ministry to expand expand the DLP, that's the Dual Language Programme, to more schools throughout the country. Um, so it's got the added support of another 36 groups and they are saying that they have written and submitted a memorandum to 31 ministers asking for their support in the programme's expansion. There are a lot of things to, to talk about here and I think that it's important to say that this isn't actually happening in isolation. While the DLP is available in some schools. Um, it's long been pointed out that there appear to be there appears to be inconsistent applications um, in some schools. We even though it was ostensibly available, we did see a pullback of it with uh, schools saying that well there just aren't enough teachers. We did see ways of trying to discern which students would actually get to go so much so that it wasn't a choice so much as a question of language proficiency. So there is that. There is that, but I think what this goes back to, of course, is what impact learning, what impact does language have when it comes to learning, right? Because a lot of the arguments being made to and uh, against or for the uh, DLP is that makes for better learning. On the one hand, it makes for better learning to learn in your in your first language, in the language that you were raised with, that you speak at home, versus it's better to learn in a language that is a, a common language that you would be able to go out and use. So if we look at um, at least what some of the research shows, there is a World Bank study that, um, that was done particularly uh, in Malaysia, and they focused on the use of English with students who spoke in different native language, languages. And um, the research focused on their ability to learn foundational skills. And they found that children who learn in their native language actually enhance their fundamental abilities more effectively. Um, and they achieved lower results in science and maths when the language of instruction was switched to English, which I thought was quite interesting because the argument is always that, the argument that's always made is that, oh, learning in English will mean that you'll score better. Yes. Um, and I think it's worth saying also that while this is a school level conversation, the truth is that the arguments often extend far beyond those bounds. Most of the time, people are looking at things like um, what happens when you study abroad or what happens when you further your studies, what happens when you start working and you're not able to just rely on your first language especially if your first language is what is called in this country a vernacular tongue, right? In other words, um, one that is neither Malay nor English, which is which are the two languages that we're talking about in the DLP. And I, I'm 
really interested in this because I, well, I am a product of having had the option to do the paper in English. So there have been so many iterations over the years and I, I can't really keep up. But when I was taking my SPM, essentially I had a bilingual paper, so I had the option of answering either in Malay or in English. But at that point, I had been studying for... Um, for, well, I guess most of my life, for all of my schooling years, primary and secondary, I have been studying in Malay. So while English is my first language, actually, it didn't make sense for me to swap. No, I I get what you're saying. And, and for me, actually, I find it a little complicated to, to think about this because um, I learned in BM through and through. And I don't think that's actually changed or impacted my ability to learn, even though I would say my first language was English. So... It's an interesting conversation. How much does the language you learn in affect your ability to learn? And that's the question that we would like to answer. Um, you know, essentially, what is your first language? How does language affect the way you learn? If you have thoughts on the DLP, we can throw it in there as well. You can call us double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We do have a caller with us. We've got Yazid. Yazid, good evening. What are your thoughts? Uh, good evening. Uh, I would like to share two things. Right, uh, my experience learning learning in a uh, English, for example, and also my kids. Right. Um, for me, uh, growing up, I've always been uh, learning through, uh, through Malay, right? Malay is the first language. But, um, but I find it quite limited uh, as I go to university. And unfortunately, I, I was able to study overseas. And uh, it just expanded the way I think, uh, I think, I would say, right? Expanded the way how I view the world because English is like the international language. And uh, just uh, people like me and also people who are professionals in, in, in the urban area, they like their kids to be, to be in the English program, right? And, um, and I experience and I specifically choose schools that have this DLP program, especially where English is the first language uh, subject. And, and I, I believe a lot of people, a lot of folks in the urban area want that, right? And... Uh, in my school, there are uh, for one for for one uh, standard. There's four classes. They choose three to be in English uh, language with one Malay, and uh, we actually have to have kids to go through tests and whether they should go to the English uh, stream or the Malay stream, right? And the the, the parents, fortunately, both of my kids managed to go to the English one. Uh, and the the parents who had uh, who have forced to go through the Malay one once are protesting to just I want to my kids to also go for English one right so so in the end of the day um, I think uh, from a, a profession uh, from urban professional views right there are a number of us who who likes this DLP program where English is in first but I just don't know whether that is the whole general population of what the whole Malaysians want, right? And um, and and people should be free to choose whatever they which which program that's suitable for their kids. Yeah, Zid, thank you so much for calling and for sharing. I think actually the 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 freedom to choose and have that flexibility is is a big one. And I think that that seems to be, from the parental point of view, one of the main reasons why there is this push for let's expand or at the very least, let's make sure that, that it's being run um, properly, that there are enough classes and teachers for it. I think the freedom to choose is 
important. I think where we have often run into um, stickiness is in the implementation because often um, on paper, both languages have been um, available. And, you know, this is something we've heard over the years, uh, even with uh, maths and science and so on, that uh, sure, you're supposed to be able to choose which you'd want to learn in, but not everyone had the option uh, to be properly taught or to properly learn uh, in, say, either BM or English. And and that's, that's like, implementation is important if we decide to go down this path. So we're talking today about language of instruction, language of learning, uh, particularly with yet another call from people Page, um, to expand the dual language program to more schools. Um, so if you have thoughts on that, let us know. But we're also asking you in general, whether you're a parent or whether you remember your school days, what are your experiences? What is your first language and how did language as a whole affect the way you learn or think? You can call 7733-2900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Bias Free Media, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Uh, you are listening to Insight Story. You're with Lynn and Shamila, and it's a talkback today. We are asking you, what is your first language and how does language affect the way you learn? And we're talking about this in relation to dual language programs in our country, in our education system. So let us know if you have thoughts. That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send us a voice note as well, 018-789-8899, uh, same number to WhatsApp, and tweet us at BFM. Radio. So we've got a caller with us. We've got Suresh. Suresh, good evening. What are your thoughts? Hi. Uh, good evening, ladies. Um, no, just a comment. I, I, I do believe that, um, you know, it's the, the function of the language uh, that you can benefit from. Um, if you're going to be nationalistic and talk about your own country, then obviously yeah, yeah, the national language is of prime importance. However, if you're going to go abroad, then obviously to get the best benefit uh, through experiences, through exposure, etc., then you need to speak in English. I mean, it is the international language. It's not that we are saying that one language is better than the other. It's what exposure and what benefits do you get, you know, by having these languages. So I think, in my opinion, having been abroad, um, it has been it has widened my own views and widened my own uh, uh, exposure. Because of the language, um, if I had Barca and I went overseas, it wouldn't have benefited me in any way. Uh, maybe in Indonesia and a few other countries, Brunei. But generally speaking, um, you need to have a language that would be uh, viable, you know, in terms of your exposure. And I've learned from it. And I think uh, that's the reason why most people uh, have English as a second language or even the first language. It's not a matter of first or second. It's whether it, there is a need for it. And that's my personal opinion. Um, Suresh, before we let you go, I'm just curious, um, what is your first language? What's the language that I guess you, you think in? I, I speak in English. I mm. think in English. I was brought up speaking English. And do you think that that's affected the way you, you think about it? Because I, I guess the question we're at today is partly to do with the struggle that some people can have with transitioning from one language to another. Well, I, I think um, if you've been schooled in one language, obviously, and you know, you've been brought up in that language, that's the way you think and speak, as you mentioned. So it is a challenge when you try to switch. But the point of the matter is, um, I don't think that should be the priority. I mean, if that is what you need to do, you need to do it. 
But the key point here is how, which language is going to benefit you? Mm. I mean, in our country here, Malaysia, we keep switching from English to Malay, Malay to English. And that's one of the reasons why I left and went overseas. Half my education was in English and suddenly I had to switch to Bahasa. I mean, learning chemistry and physics and biology in, in, in English and then switching to Bahasa was just impossible. It didn't make sense. And to what benefit? Because, you know, it, it, you know at that age, you, you know, it's starting all over, all over again. So I, I think the reality is, you know, one has to look at this practically. How are the Malaysian citizens or the children in the schools going to benefit from this? Which language is going to benefit them? If they're going to just stay in Malaysia, then just learn Bahasa. But if they're going to go abroad, then you need to have English or French or one of the major international languages that the United Nations has identified. It just makes logical sense to me uh, from that perspective. Suresh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I, I think that actually that I, I agree broadly with what you're talking about. I think um, especially in terms of Actually, I was thinking about it. I was always told growing up that that's partly why my parents uh, wanted me to wanted my first language, which it is, uh, to be in English for this very reason. See, I also think it's very different um, what your access to languages are, and I and I think I'll get to that point a bit later uh, because I think I believe we do have a caller on the line. Yes, we do. We've got Roberto. Roberto, good evening. What are your thoughts? Hi, Jamila. Hi, Lynn. Uh Thank you very much. Well, I personally speaking. Uh, uh, my mother tongue is Spanish, just for starters. I do believe that there's, uh, like Suresh mentioned, if you want to create a build, nation building, you need to have a single language. In this case, in Mexico, it was Spanish. If you ask me to speak in English in Mexico, we are not that speak English. Because of we don't speak English, many Mexicans are missing opportunities abroad because we don't speak English. We are not encouraged to speak English. Now, Having said that, my daughter, though, she is very fortunate because she is speaking in Spanish at home. She's attending uh, a Chinese school, UEC, so she's fluent in She also is fluent in English because she talks to her friends in, in uh, English, but she also is very good in Bahasa Malaysia. Why we took that opportunity, that option for her, because we truly believe, my wife and myself, that having more languages are just simple tools. Whether my daughter is going to use them in the future, that's a different story. But just exactly having different languages are opening the, the gate for my daughter precisely, or, or hopefully, to have more opportunities and understand different cultures in a better manner. So definitely, I'm all for definitely more languages taught at school. Roberto, actually, you kind of got me to the point I was um, I was hoping to earlier when I said access to different languages also shapes how we think about this. And I was curious how you would balance those two things that you just brought up, because on the one hand, mastering a language that you can use globally, but on the other hand, being familiar enough with other languages that is actually meaningful, that you can sort of code switch and you can think and you consider yourself multilingual. How do you balance that? Well, it's interesting because one of the things that happened to me many times now that I talk to my friends in Spanish is that some words in Spanish I already forgot them. I have been living in Malaysia 17 years and I've been speaking English almost every day, not almost every day speaking in English. 
So exactly that's what happened, Sharmila. I started to dream in English. When I moved to Malaysia, <laughs> I started to dream in English. And it was funny because I never thought that I would be able to do that. But then it's, it's, for me, I, you know, I'm teaching uh, in mass communication. So it's, I'm, I'm passionate about the way that language and different languages are able to express the universe in many different ways and not a single way. So for me, I'm fascinated by the fact that now I can speak in English and in Spanish as well. So, yeah, I find it really quite useful nowadays as well. Roberto, thank you so much for calling. Actually, I'm so glad um, that someone else mentioned dreaming because on the desk today, actually, <laughs> that was my benchmark for when it becomes your first language. Your first language, Because, yeah. uh, you know, thinking is one thing. Sometimes you just work um, more frequently in a language and so that's what you think in. Um, but dreaming is really first language stuff, you know, because it's your subconscious. Yes, and, and I think this, um, especially when you grow up in multilingual settings like Malaysia, uh, this question of what is your first language, what are you most comfortable with, can be quite fluid. And that's why I'm quite interested in this conversation today, not just from the point of view of the dual language program, but actually, are there ways that we can think about this that extends beyond, it should be like this and it should be like that. But instead, like Roberto said, there are opportunities to explore other options. Perhaps you're learning in one language, but exposure to different languages could also be really helpful. So we're asking you, what is your first language and how does language affect the way that you learn personally? You can call 7733-2900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Bodacious, fabulous minds. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is six. 37. You're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Charmila, and we're talking today about language, um, particularly in relation to learning. Now, just to be clear, um, our initial tenuous news connection to this was the fact that there has been a call from PAGE, the Parent Action Group for Education Malaysia, uh, to expand the dual language program to more schools in the country. Um, so we're using that really as a jumping off point to talk about the value of the value of how we learn and in what language, right? Um, so we're asking you that question. What is your first language? How does language as a whole affect the way that you learn and think? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. We've got a caller with us. We've got Yuvarani. Good evening. What are your thoughts? Um, hi. Uh, so, okay. So Yuvarani, my name suggests that I'm an Indian. So yes, my um, native uh, language or my mother tongue was Tamil, is Tamil, and um, in my case it was Malayalam as well. And uh, my first language though was English. I uh, we spoke a lot of English at home. Uh, we started off learning English first, uh, and I picked up my mother tongue as I grew up uh, with my grandparents. And uh, I I was actually schooled under a Chinese medium uh, during my primary year. So for, uh, from standard one up to standard six, I was uh, learning um, apart from English and Bahasa. I was learning uh, every other languages in uh, Mandarin. And then when I went on to the secondary my, my secondary years, um, my secondary school years, uh, that was when uh, Tun Dr Mahadir actually uh, the the first time he in, initiated the program English for science and uh, math. So my batch, we were one of those pioneers to go through that program. 
so we actually learned uh, the entire syllabus from um, form one up to form six. We learned everything in English. And then uh, I was um, hoping to uh, further my studies, uh, my, my tertiary studies in Japan. So what I decided to do was to take up uh, Japanese courses. So while I was waiting for my university offer, I took up an accelerated program where I learned uh, math and science in Japanese while preparing uh, for, for, you know, for, for me to further my studies in, uh, in Japan. But that didn't work out. And then I got offered uh, to do my degree in the Malaysian University. Uh, I did it in UKM, University Kebangsaan Malaysia. So the main language was uh, the, the medium that they used was Bahasa. So I had to learn and also um, answer and, uh, and understand all that is happening within my course, which is biochemistry, everything in Bahasa and also sit for exams in Bahasa. Uh, the reason why I'm, I'm sharing my, my, um, my journey of learning is that I've learned um, subjects in different languages throughout different, different points of time. Uh, and what I realized is that um, knowing this many languages, it helped me to think very differently. Like if you ask me how do I usually think, in what language do I usually think, it's in English. Mm-hmm. But uh, when it comes to um, counting, if you ask me to count something, the, the first language that I go to when it comes to counting, it's in, in Mandarin because I'm so used to counting in Mandarin. And uh, it depends. It depends on who I speak with. Um, so... My learning journey um, has been very much tied to learning the language itself. So uh, my main um, message that I would like to share with a lot of people who are concerned, like whether their kids are learning it in one language and unable to apply it in another language, is that um, do not limit them because uh, a lot of times we tend to be very protective over how our children learn. So allow them to to experience um, in different languages, experience the subjects in different languages, they would eventually find um, their comfort language and would start using it generally, um, you know, to to frame the way they learn. And um, the the thing about languages is that, uh, yes, some might, you know, if you force a language onto them, they might feel left out, but... um, I mean, language learning opens up a lot of, I mean, uh, open up opens up a lot of doors for you, uh, be it locally or internationally. So if you know what you are going to do, if let's just say you are um, you are very sure that you're going to go abroad and you're going to go to the specific country, then you start learning it in that language. You know, it's it's something that is shouldn't be set in stones. It's something that should be open where you can, uh, the, the, the person who's learning those subjects could actually have the freedom to choose. And it doesn't necessarily need to be just in one language. If they are comfortable to switch languages, you should actually just allow them to switch languages. And this is me speaking from my experience. Thank you so much, Yuvarani. I think, um, again, this this idea of freedom is one that is recurring. This this notion that we shouldn't be too prescriptive over language. And I think, um, sorry, just to kind of gently include this mention, I think that that's also a benefit of not politicizing language use. Absolutely. I love the, the phrase comfort language. Yes, um, which I think is an accurate description and maybe uh, in some ways 
maybe a better description of a first language yes. because your first language might be something that you no longer think or uh, dream in, as we heard from mm-hmm. Roberto earlier. No, absolutely. And it's the language that you're most comfortable expressing yourself in. By the way, we have a lot of people talking about counting in Mandarin, so, uh, maybe which I think says something, but we'll come back to that in just a little bit. In the meantime, we have got uh, Balkis on the line with us. Balkis, good evening. What are your thoughts? Uh, hello. Okay, so I was raised up in a stereotypical right-wing B40 Malay family. So think of, um, you know, government servants uh, in the 90s. Uh, my parents are government servants back in the 90s and still are to this day. Uh, I'm no spotters, whatever. Lah. So um, I, my first language was Malay. Um, but I started working on my English throughout my high school years. Um, so think of jotting down book caps when you read newspapers, listening to English songs, watching English movies with subtitles. <coughs> so I end up become uh, I end up pursuing English. Um, in, I end up pursuing English uh, studies uh, for my degree, and I am now a copywriter who does um, both. Uh, copywriting in English and Malay mm. for international clients as well. So, um, so I had my fair share of like uh, PPSMI and how it's like uh, the switching on and off. I think the LT is honestly a good idea. Just that maybe you need a, a better mechanism to implement because this flip flop switching of things are are not doing our students any good. But in terms of how the languages uh, are impacting the way I think. I feel like um, I sometimes I dream in English, sometimes I dream in English. Sometimes, uh, most of the time, right now I speak in English. But uh, when I switch to Malay language, I feel like a part of my personality switch as well in terms of like the pitch of the voice and whatsoever. But I feel like having solid command in these both languages definitely has uh, impacted me in so many ways. Like um, in terms of personal, like I feel like I can relate to more segments of society when it comes to leveling conversations. So let's say if I encounter a completely different POV of certain things, I wouldn't be as jumpy because um, I kind of understand, I kind of be able to relate to them uh, at certain level, let's say, when it comes to like ideologies and discussions. But professionally, like um, this solid comment in languages have helped me to um, help my company with like establishing their presence in Malaysia five years ago. Uh, get to like tap into the Malay speaking uh, dominated community, and it uh, helps with the repo on my office on ground back then. It also helped me to become a freelance translator of eight years. Uh, it also helped me to take on exciting international copywriting projects because of my flair in English and Malay. So I feel like as a Malaysian. It's good to have, um, actually it's good to master as many languages as you can, but if we're talking about English and Malay, I think that um, it's, it's, it's a solid thing to have good comments in these languages because it definitely can take you far and it can take you to interesting places within Malaysia and beyond as well. Yeah. Balkis, thank you so much for sharing your your journey. I think it's lovely to hear the various ways in which people have actually lived through this whole thing of learning 
of, of starting off in one language, learning in another, actively trying to do that, the ways in which it's affected work. It's all really interesting. And Balkis is a great example of someone who wasn't limited by this dual approach, no? Because in fact, her career, it sounds like, depends on her being able to kind of switch from Malay to English and, and write and translate in both those languages. I think that's lovely. All right, it's time to talk about Chinese math because... <laughs> No, because so many people have referenced actually counting in Chinese. Um, BHL says, I went to a Chinese primary school and while my parents spoke Chinese dialect as well as Mandarin to us, um, some of us at home spoke some English amongst ourselves. I think the best time to... I think the best time to learn more than one language is when we are at primary school. And one of the strengths observed by most foreigners is that Malaysians are impressively dual or trilingual. I think familiarity with more than one language makes learning easier and quicker. There have been instances when relating something or a turn of phrase to a different language enabled me to understand and remember something more easily. I also find that people who spoke a few languages tend to be more broad-minded, less likely to be overly sensitive. Uh, nowadays, with work bringing me to China and Hong Kong, I actually regret not working harder on my Mandarin. By the way, weirdly, I think in English, but I automatically count and do multiplications in Chinese. BHL, you're not alone. I want to go to the other points, but firstly, I think your... Um, what you're talking about, especially with the being able to relate a turn of phrase in one language to another, mm -hmm. has been such a delight and strength in my own life that I'm glad someone else brought it up. I also think that being comfortable with multiple languages means you somehow or other find it quite easy to communicate, even in languages that you don't know. Um, I often find that being in a new country uh, for a, a couple of days is usually enough to be able to pick up language to a point where I can order food or ask for directions. And I think that comes from having... Um, in some ways, wired for being multilingual. ZY says, um, I gave up figuring out my main language, dominantly Cantonese, but I kind of think or dream in Rojak, so Cantonese and Mandarin 40, English 35, BM 25. Uh, my first spoken language is Cantonese. I read and write in English and BM until I'm seven. Then I entered an SJKC without being able to speak a word of Mandarin. PPSMI in secondary school did a good job balancing <laughs> all my languages. I'm still confused. Multiplication in Mandarin, understanding thousands and millions in English, BM is just bad for maths. Now, <laughs> now I think that there, before we go anywhere with that, I think there are very specific reasons for why um, ZY is saying that because Emily um, is pointing to Yuvarani's call saying the lady talking just now chose to use Mandarin to think in mathematics. One of the reasons being in Mandarin, the pronunciation of numbers is easier. Each number is only one syllable. It's faster, especially in the memorization of time uh, times tables. Try to say... 999... Oh my God, I'm not even going to bother. Well, in English, it's 999,999. Yes. But then in... Okay, I don't know in Mandarin. And then in BM, it would be Sambilan Ratus Ribu, Sambilan... Oh gosh. Sambilan Pulo. Yeah, it just yeah, goes yeah. on and on. Yeah, yeah. It, so it becomes a very long It does, word. yeah. So I think that that actually is um, exactly why people who have learned maths in uh, Chinese, not me, <laughs> but why people who have, find it... A default setting. Can I just say I learned Mandarin in my uh, I learned Mandarin in my kindergarten, um, and I can still count one to ten, um, even though I can't remember anything else. You, that's true of most numbers. Yeah. I think most languages you start with the "Hello, are you hungry?" one to ten, <laughs> and so no matter what, people end up retaining. Yeah, that. I also know like one random song. 
which other than that, that's that's the only uh, Mandarin I've retained. I mean, it's a good foundation. It is. Um, so let us know, what is your first language? How does language affect the way that you learn? You can call 7733 send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be back for more calls, more messages for all of it after this on Inside Story, BFM 89.9. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. It is 6.52 and this is Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. We're talking today about language and learning and asking you, what is your first language? How does language affect the way you learn? This is in relation to, of course, the dual language program because there has been a call for a greater expansion of it. Let us know what you think. That number to call is 7733-2900. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. We've got another caller with us. We've got Yuhuan. Yuhuan, good evening. What are your thoughts? Hi, good evening. Hi. Uh, so, uh, I would like to share, actually, my mother tongue is Mandarin. So, uh, even until now, my comfort language is Mandarin and I speak uh, Mandarin at home. But, uh, so, I went to uh, SJKC. So, I've learned some basic subjects in Mandarin while I'm in primary school. But for my secondary school, I actually went to SMK. So, I learned all the subjects like uh, math and science and everything in English at that time. And then for my university, I actually studied overseas in Korea. So I learned some of the major subjects in Korean. So uh, throughout these years, learning so many subjects that is not in my mother language, I think that uh, it doesn't actually affect my learning process. Uh, while I understand not everyone has a very good language skills, but uh, at least in the case of Malaysia, I think instead of finding the optimum language to learn, I think it's more important that we find a syllabus, no matter in what language, that is effective for basic concept learning. Because as you can notice, my English is not like the most fluent, but that actually didn't affect my learning in the English language. Because I think that after mastering the basic concept, we only need some time and effort to adapt to another language that we have to learn to. But I would like to say that uh, at least in the field that I studied in, which is engineering, I think it's a privilege for us to can learn the basics starting in English because it's easier for us to find a lot of learning sources online and offline in the English language. But I would like to say, though, it's not bad that if we can let our students start to learn in different languages when since they are young. Because I think being able to learn in different languages, I find that uh, I get multiple perspectives in everything that I look at, everything that I learn. And then uh, after you started wor working or you, if you learn, uh, if you study overseas, it's easier for you to communicate and learn new new skills and new knowledge if you can master multiple languages. Yuhan, I just have a question because you sound like you've had to do this several times, right? Uh, you know, sort of mm -hmm. function in one language and then move on to another yeah. and another. Did you have an yeah. adjustment period and what did you do to kind of quickly get used to the next language that you now had to function in? Um, I think, uh, to be honest, I think... Um, uh, I'm quite okay in learning new, new languages, but I think that it's important that when you have to learn in a language that you are not familiar with, instead of uh, focusing on learning the subject that you have to learn, 
it's better if you start to adapt to the language, at least in daily conversation first, then it's easier for you to ask people or to search in the language that you have to learn the subject in. And then it's also you have to put in some effort to learn like the basic terms, the important terms. Then after that, I think uh, even though it takes uh, a little bit more effort, but it won't be a... It won't be obstacles at all if you put your heart into learning it. Yuhuan, thank you so much for calling. I, I love, again, I, I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but I think it's actually so valuable to hear from people who did, in fact, learn in different languages and have, at least so far, really only found it an advantage. An advantage, and actually that point about how it isn't so much about needing to learn different languages, but it's about the quality of the syllabus and what you're learning in the first place. I think that's such an important point for us to bring back to this conversation that we're having about dual language programs. Uh, the pluses and the minuses, actually, I think there are ways that we can make this work. We need to first focus on the quality of what we're teaching. Uh, I wanted to get to a bunch of people who learn French because um, (laughs) we've been kind of circling the globe. So Tony says, I was sent to boarding school overseas and I had to take a foreign language. I opted for French uh, for my O and A levels. It broadened my outlook in life because it's such a rich, expressive language. Uh, BLH, who earlier spoke about uh, growing up with a... Mandarin and dialect mother tongue but kind of working and learning in other languages says good point about counting in Chinese as a contrast try French where 91 is literally 420s and 11 (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the points about how just having exposure to different languages not just about learning it um, it's not just about learning it to to, to learn, to pass exams right it's actually also about shifting the way you think and the way you process information We've also got, um, I, I think, I, I'm especially appreciative of hearing from people sharing their personal stories, but also that of their kids. So Madiha says, my first language is Malay, but from uh, ages three till seven, I spent kindergarten and primary school abroad. Growing up and returning to Malaysia in Standard 1, a core memory for me attending Sekolah Rendah Kebangsaan was being teased for having English proficiency and an accent. It didn't affect my academic performance, but it did affect my confidence in school and in my verbal abilities. Fast forward to now, my kids who spent a year schooling in the UK are enrolled in an SJKC. They are learning in a language which they have little grasp of, but kids absorb really fast. Their familiarity with Mandarin has allowed them to be more comfortable socially, but I can see they struggle with some subjects which are conducted fully in Mandarin. We're trying hard to make them more comfortable with Malay, but for us, it's more important that they understand and can effectively communicate through language rather than literary excellence. Madiha, this reminds me of uh, my first Standard 1 experience where for the first two weeks or three weeks, I'd cry every day because I just couldn't function in India. I really struggled. Yeah, yeah. like I, I felt like I was surrounded by people who were just speaking in a language I couldn't understand. But you're right that very quickly, I actually started learning how to speak BM. We have 30 seconds before we head to the news, but I'm just going to say um, something I already told Sharmila of air, which is that I owe Doraemon my life because <laughs> I struggled so much with Malay until I found the Doraemon comics. I love the story. And then suddenly everything unlocked and I was so interested in... In reading and finding out more about the language and it helps so much in school. So reading endless Doraemon comics um, actually resulted in, frankly, my I, I owe my ability to speak and write in BM, not to school, but to Doraemon. Uh, keep those thoughts coming. We're asking you, what is your first language? How does language affect the way you learn? Call us, send us a voice note or WhatsApp. You can also tweet us at BFM Radio. Break from monotony. BFM 89.9. 
It is 7.08 and you are listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. We're talking about language and learning. Now, this is partly inspired by the fact that PAGE, that's the Parent Action Group for Education Malaysia, has joined forces with other groups and are calling for the Education Ministry to expand the DLP, the Dual Language Programme, to more schools in the country. And that had us thinking about learning fundamentally, language, the freedom to choose, things like that. And so we're asking you, what is your first language and how does or has language affected the way you learn? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. We have actually got a caller with us. Um, we've got Max. Max, good evening. What are your thoughts? Hello, good evening. How are you guys? Good, thank good, you. How thank are you? you? I'm fine, thank you. So, interesting topic. I just want to share how being able proficient, I wouldn't say fluent, I would say proficient, good enough. In multiple language, you can have uh, surprise benefits. Some background, my my daughters went to uh, Chinese school. My daughters went to Chinese school, they can speak Chinese, no problem. But they're not very good at reading uh, Chinese. So when I was helping them out uh, in their primary school with their homework and all that, I noticed that it's not that they don't understand the question. Now, I'm talking specifically about mathematics and science. It's that because they don't read so well, there are some characters they don't understand. So when they don't understand the question, it's really difficult for them to get the answers correct. So what happened was, in the beginning of their standard six, uh, we decided to take a leap of faith and to do their UPSR or their mathematics and science in English instead. That way, I can directly help them and tutor them in preparation for their standard six exam. So luckily, it paid off because I can't speak Mandarin. I can only speak uh, proficiently in English and Bahasa. So I helped them out. Uh, I taught them all their math and science in English. And then for their UPSR, they did very well for their uh, mathematics and science. So, a stroke of luck lah. So now my kids, they can speak all three languages. They can speak Bahasa very well. They can speak English very well. And they can speak Mandarin very well. The only problem is uh, their reading. They're not so strong in reading Mandarin. Max, I'm, I'm curious about what uh, what languages do you guys sort of comfortably speak at home? Oh, okay. This is a long story. Uh, normally, we talk at home in English. But sometimes when I get upset or irritated, I nag in Malay. <laughs> <laughs> and the mother is like that as well. We normally converse in English, but when she gets irritated, she starts scolding and nagging in Mandarin. So we strike a good balance there. Uh, so now one of my daughters, she's very uh, inclined for science. Uh, she, she's in the science stream and the other daughter is in art stream. So when it comes to the science stream, she needs a lot of help, especially in math. So I, I told her, any question or any problem you have in math, you can find the solution in YouTube. 
So we did it a few times, and because she understands English very well, so even now when she's uh, doing her, her, her ad math, just by accessing YouTube, her options are not restricted, you see. So when it comes to, for example, uh, questions like trigonometry, when she searches an explanation for certain subject in AdMath, she can get uh, input from people from India, people from France, people from the UK, because they convey that particular tutorial subject in English. So being able to proficiently speak English actually helps her a lot in studying from unconventional sources. If she wasn't like that, and she would only have to rely on her Malay, then her pool of YouTube channels would be more limited, you see. So the more languages that at least understand and able to speak, it really opens up a whole world of opportunities, especially for the young ones. Max, thank you so much for calling. I agree with you. And actually, that point about resources is one that I think uh, was brought up earlier by Kamaru Nizam to a, to a degree as well, because there is exactly that. Um, YouTube is one area where you go for resources, but frankly, being able to read in a variety of languages, uh, I'll just say, for example, much less um, hard science, in fact, no hard science whatsoever. But in our profession, it is a huge advantage to be able to check multiple news sources in multiple languages and also see the ways in which different um, different news niches report things, for example. Well, and actually with the internet now, social media or YouTube or whatever, um, for instance, I can access, I can understand, read and write Tamil. And the fact that I actually now am able to get commentary and, and, and um, you know, analyses from a whole other language, um, both local and international, really changes my perspective on so many things and opens me up to conversations that sometimes you don't even realise are going on. We've also got a voice note that's come in, actually. This is from Chan. Uh, so I'm uh, multilingual and uh, I'm fluent in English, Bahasa as well as Chinese. In Chinese, I can uh, I can split them into two subgroups of Cantonese and Mandarin because they are all those similar, but they have their own uh, 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 idiosyncrasies, if you want to call it that. Um, so uh, being multilingual, uh, it's a really advantageous skill to have. Um, there are so many things that I want to touch upon about uh, being uh, multilingual, but I guess I just can't do justice uh, if I try to cover everything. So I'm just going to touch on um, the thought process. Now, my thoughts are, are also multilingual. It's a rojak of English, Mandarin, Chinese, Malay, a little bit of Japanese as well, that little bit of Japanese I picked up from watching anime. So it's, uh, it's really fun and it's really useful because um, languages, uh, different languages have different grammatical uh, rules and structure. Uh, how you write a sentence in different language are very different. And that forces you to think things uh, or think or, or think things or, 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 or logically uh, come to a, um, uh, an end um, in different ways. Now, what that helps, uh, how that helps me is that uh, because of how, uh, let's say, the, gram the grammar structure, the grammatical structure of English and Chinese is so different, um, I am forced to think about things from, uh, maybe you can say from all angles, 360 degrees, because the way I write a, a structure or a sentence in English, if I were to translate it in, into Chinese, I have to put my thought process completely different. So. 
in a way, I guess that helps uh, helps me in uh, uh, the way I think about things. I guess if you know what I mean, it just forces you to see things from different angles and and, 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 uh, analyze things more critically and so on and so forth. So I guess being multilingual uh, uh, does help me in that. And I think it's one of the uh, 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 more unique strengths that uh, Malaysians have. 999,999. That's 19 syllabus. 999,999,11 syllabus. Chan, thank you for doing that. I hesitated. <laughs> I did not pull it. I did not pull the trigger. But um, I love actually so many of uh, the points that you're talking about especially the one about having to consider different, especially the part about having to construct sentences differently, forcing you to actually think about the subject that you're writing about differently. Yes, because language isn't just about words, right? It's also about um, construction. It's it's about conveying meaning. It's also about thoughts. And thoughts actually... um, come out and are expressed very differently in different languages. Ah, but then we have this from Nadi who says, some people have a good grasp of language, some others don't. That's why sometimes for people who are multilingual, it's easier for them to grasp another language when they're abroad. I had a chance to go for a cultural exchange program when I was in university in China, so we learned Mandarin for a month. Some friends could never get it. It's funny, but that's what I thought. You need to have some kind of language IQ to be able to learn more languages. My first language is Malay. I learned English at school. I never practiced. I used mostly English at work. I can't even write a proper email using Malay because it's hard. And now I'm learning conversational Mandarin. Well, firstly, that's quite impressive. Um, I think being able to learn or learning a language as an adult is something that most people always think of doing, but most never get to. Yeah, but do we agree that language is uh, some people are good, some people are not? I'm inclined to say yes, but I think it might have to do with exposure, exposure at a young age. How early you yeah. how early you had a chance um, to learn different languages. So I, I I'm off that as well because I don't think you have to enjoy languages. But um, I this is unscientific. I'm really sorry. We should have done more research before we came on ever this. But I think that uh, the. I'd like to think that a lot of this also has to do with just, yeah, exactly how early you were exposed to different languages and therefore that determines your comfort. Um, But I think also for tonal languages, there's a bit of a difference because if you struggle with tones in general, if you are not a musical person, if you cannot discern um, the four tones in Mandarin or the eight tones in Cantonese, then, then you could be saying, you know, die or... A number, you know, it's just it, the 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 line is very narrow, and that can be very disheartening. So I think with languages, it's a few different things. Well, actually, your point was um, what I was trying to get at earlier as well with with the age thing, because what it means also is that if you've had exposure to one type of language, often it eases your process into learning similar languages or languages that function in the same way. Um, and I think that's a huge advantage, and it might be why some people are better with learning languages as they grow up. Keep those thoughts coming. What is your first language? How does language affect the way you learn or how has it affected the way you've learned? You can call 7733-2900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Banana from Malaysia. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 
It's 7.21 on the dot and you are listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. We're talking today about languages and asking you, what is your first language? How does language affect the way you learn? You can call 7733-2900, send us a voice note, 018-789-8899. You can also tweet us at BFM Radio. We have a voice note that's come in from Aaron. Good evening, BFM. So my first language is actually Mandarin as I was born and raised in a traditional Malaysian Chinese family. So I only started learning English at the age of 13 when I went to an international secondary school, a school where there were not much of Malaysian, mostly foreigners. So imagine I'm being dumped in an environment where I have no other languages to speak other than English and that's how I learned my language, English language. And for Bahasa Melayu, I started learning when I was in the primary school because in uh, SRJKC, we also get the chance to learn uh, Bahasa Melayu. But I only started to master Bahasa Melayu when I started working because I remember I was working in an environment where there is not much of uh, Malaysian Chinese or Malaysian Indian, but Malay. So environment make me learn how to speak Bahasa Melayu. And also, I learned Malay when I started reading Doraemon comic book, as one of the BFM DJs said. Uh, that's also where I started to learn all the basic words and sentences from Bahasa Melayu. So, these, all these three languages greatly affected my current life as I am, I, as I am able to communicate with the rest of the Malaysian. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. And another vote for the power <laughs> of Doraemon. Well, okay, I want to plump just a little bit for those Sankan Chil cartoons that yes. we used to get on RTM because I really think that helped me my BM growing up as well. Um, but Aaron's point about basically learning because you're around people who speak that language is such a good one. That's why immersion works, yes. right? That, that's usually what people talk about. Um, we've also got another caller. We've got Gita. We do not have Gita. We will try to get her back. Um, but in the meantime, heading back to the messages, uh, let's see. We've got Suraya who says, As a kid, I grew up in a predominantly BM-speaking environment. Although I spoke it at home, my parents made me consume English media. Eventually, I went to an English-speaking secondary school and became more comfortable conversing in English. Now, I no longer identify with having a first language as I feel comfortable speaking and thinking in both English and BM. Although I prefer writing in English, because my literary BM tends to sound uh, like a karangan from SBM. Uh, my colleagues mainly speak in BM, but my boss is an expat, so I constantly have to code switch between the two languages quickly in the office. I do believe that being multilingual allows one to think quickly on your feet and become more open in social settings. I like this idea of not identifying with having a first language. I think more of us should move towards that direction. Uh, well, certainly that, uh, but I also think that the... Uh, <sighs> The literary BM is a real thing. Huh? I, I struggle with this all the time. I feel like my my pasa and conversational BM is actually pretty good. But you ask me to write it down and I start sounding like I'm writing a formal letter every time. Yes. Um, yang dihormati. Yes. <laughs> just like you just fall back into, into the patterns of it. Um, I believe we've got Gita back with us. Gita, good evening. What are your thoughts? Hi, good evening. Hello. Hello. Yes, hi. We can hear you. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay, um, I'd like to share about my, my, I mean, my childhood until now. I'm working now. I'm in Vietnam. 
uh, age I will say for this. Okay, what happened was uh, I grown up in an Indian family. I speak Telugu, my uh, my language. Then I studied in a Malay school, whereby most of us, my classmates, family, speak in PM most of the time. So English was like the least spoken language back in school, both in primary and secondary. So yeah, then I enroll local university. Of course, back uh, in local U, we do speak both English and Malay. But uh, there's many scenarios where I can't converse confidently, especially during presentation and so on, because my English is not so good. There was also times like they, we have assignments and so on. The idea will be mine. The activity, I mean the. The board, the assignment, the whole assignment is done by me with my ideas and it will be good. But because of my presentation skills, it's not so good. Presentation skills in English, I mean, not so good. So my friend who can converse in English very well, she gets the credit. That was on speaking. While on reading, I also have some difficulties to understand sometimes. It is not I couldn't get what is written or what is been talked about, but I couldn't understand because it's in English. So that makes me, that makes people look at me as a couldn't catch it fast, I'm a bit slow, but actually I'm not, it's just about the language. So I will say English is very important and like someone earlier was saying that for resources and so on, we use uh, like watching movies, I mean uh, getting the resources which is in English. So that is also another point to look at here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gita. Um, I, I think actually the point about confidence and being able to communicate and being able to, you know, have have confidence in that school setting is, is such a lovely story. It is. Um, firstly, Gita, you know, I'm glad that you called and shared. Um, and I also think this is why we should never play somebody down because their language isn't the strongest. Okay, to close things off, we've got another caller with us. We've got Mesh. Mesh, good evening. What are your thoughts? Good evening. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing? Good, thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, I think uh, um, as the other guy earlier who spoke about the environment, that really helped so much. I, I grew up in the uh, Chinese environment. I could speak Mandarin. My mother tongue is Tamil. Um, Malay, I learned it at school. Of course, English as well at the same time. And the Mandarin, I learned it from my uh, neighbors. Uh, I used to play with a lot of Chinese boys and girls when I was younger. And uh, that's why I picked up my Mandarin. And my Mandarin is quite accurate. Sometimes when I speak with people over the phone, even the Chinese people, they think I'm, I'm Chinese. So when I meet them in person, like, hey, you know, so, uh, um, yeah, the environment is very important. And also, some people could pick it up really, really fast, quickly. Some, it may take a little while. I studied in Paris. Uh, it took me three months to be able to speak French. That was, uh, I believe, quite fast. So I'm, I'm pretty okay with picking up languages. Um, yeah. So environment plays a major role as well. That is specifically when you would want to pick up the accent as well, you know. So that is really important. When you speak a language, you should be able to speak the accent as well, you know. 
I really agree with you, Mesh. Thank you so much for calling because um, the accent is also partly where the environment, conversation, immersion part comes in. The accent and I think a certain naturalness with how a language is spoken. I have to say though, thank you everybody. Thank you all you multilingual Malaysians who have gotten in touch. <laughs> um, you've made our day. You've been listening to Inside Story, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.